Welcome back, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me for another midweek service right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. We love you guys so very much. And I thank you for taking the time to join me in another Bible study. I love Jesus and I love the Word of God. And I'm so thankful that you do as well. Well, before we can get started, let's go ahead and have another word of prayer. And as we pray, you know what? I'm going to be praying for you too. Okay, yeah, let's start here. We've been speaking from the subject of hope in desperate times. And uh, tonight will be part two of that. So we're going to go right back and talk about the woman with the issue of blood and also Jairus and his daughter. We're going to talk all about that. But before we can get into their desperate times, let's have a word of prayer about your desperate times. Maybe you're going through some things as far as sickness or maybe you need some money. Maybe you need a job. Maybe things aren't going quite well in your relationship. But let me tell you, there is hope. Jesus is the Savior and he loves you. And just as he gave Jairus and his daughter and this woman with the issue of blood hope and gave them healing, he can do the same thing for you. So as we're praying tonight, right here at the start of the program, let me pray with you as well. It would be such a great honor for me to do so, okay? So let's go ahead and, and have a word of prayer. So uh, as always, go ahead and touch your screen and or your phone. Yeah, um, and, um, and let's just pray together. That's our point of contact, okay? All right. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I bring my friend to you tonight. Lord, I ask you to touch them at the point of their need, of their desperation. Maybe your beloved needs healing. Maybe they need a job. Maybe they need finances. Or maybe they need companionship. They're feeling a bit lonely. Lord, whatever their need is, Father, I ask that you would bless them. Even right now, I ask that the anointing of your Holy Spirit would come upon them right now and cause your anointing to break the yoke of oppression, of depression, of poverty, shame, guilt. Father, I pray that you would break those chains off of their lives completely and that your beloved would be made whole. Father, I know that you love them. And Lord, it is my prayer that they would sense your love and feel your love and know your love so that we all may continue to trust in it. So Father, whatever is wrong, I ask that you would make it right. Whatever needs healing, Lord, I ask that you would heal. Whatever needs restoration, Father, restore them. Make your people whole. I thank you, Father, for your beloved. In Jesus' name, oh yes, Lord. And Father, we do ask that you would bless us in Bible study tonight and that you would teach us. Lord, we need you desperately and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, wow, wow. I had a little goosebumps. Did you feel that too? Praise God. All right, thank you again for joining me. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and get right into the Bible study tonight. So let's go ahead and start. Um, we're going to start with the book of Luke once again and verse uh, Luke chapter 8. And let's start at verse number 40. And we're going to walk our way down. Now, remember on last week, we sprinkled in a bit of Matthew and uh, Matthew 9 and sprinkled in a bit of Mark 5. We'll still do some of that today as well so that we can get a good round picture as to what's happening. Now, if you did not hear part one of this, well, then go ahead and pause us now and go back to part one of um, Hope in Desperate Times. Make sure you do that. 
okay? And then come back to this. If you have and if you're on track, good for you. High five. High five. Great job. All right, if you haven't, come back and then you can get that bing high five. All right. All right, but let's go ahead and read a little bit and then we'll go ahead and go further on tonight. I'm so excited. And I pray that you are excited too. Whoo, let's calm down. Let's get that right. Let's get it. All right, so here it is. Here it is. Luke 8, verse 40. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus. Oh, quiz moment. Do you remember what the name Jairus meant? Yeah? Right. Good. Give yourself a high five. Um, he whom God enlightens or whom God enlightens. Good job. Another high five reward for you. You're doing pretty good tonight, aren't you? All right, let's go back. I'm so proud. All right. Uh, verse 41 again. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a dying. But as he went the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her blood, I'm sorry, and immediately her issue of blood stenched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee. And sayest thou, who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody have touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him, before all the people for what call she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. All right, we're going to stop there, and then we're going to go into the Jairus' uh, case. Now, as we said on last week, uh, this woman of the issue of blood, this woman with the issue of blood has a history, right? Uh, we said that because of Levitical law, she has been labeled unclean, unclean. So that means that she was an outcast. She was outcast, uh, an outcast socially and religiously. Uh, so she was alone. Now, of course, because of her issue, it made it quite difficult or if not impossible, really, for her to have a physical touch with anyone without them being also regarded as unclean. So, you know, she lived an isolated life, couldn't necessarily or could not go to the festivals or could not go into the tabernacle and couldn't have touch with people without them being labeled unclean. So she dealt with the stigma of that uncleanness for 12 years, 12 years, constantly bleeding. Now, as we said on last time, what was meant to only last a few days 
has lasted 12 years. This temporary, uh, we can say a temporary inconvenience has become or had become more of a permanent inconvenience if she didn't come in contact with Jesus. So here's another, another life lesson for us. If it seems to you, if something in your life that you know should have only lasted for a small time, maybe it was unemployment. Maybe you lost your job and you knew, hey, I'm going to get on my feet in just a moment of time. But it has lasted from a few days, a few weeks, months, maybe even years. Let me tell you, the Lord does have a solution for you. So here's a prophetic word that I want to give to you. If you are without an income, without a job, and you can't find one, let me tell you this. It's very possible that the reason that you cannot find a job is because the job is within you. The career is within you. The boss is within you. In other words, I believe it's time for you to look within you and find the career that you need. Start the business. There's something in you that can be used to solve a problem. Let's go here just for a moment. You are an answer to someone else's problem. Whatever that is, it could be just as simple as washing a car. Well, a dirty car is a problem and you can solve that. It could be as, as, simple, uh, as, as simple as that, but you know, solve a problem. As long as there are problems, you can be an answer for it and, and people will pay you to answer their problems or we can say to solve their problems. The best or most well-paid persons in the world are those who simply solve problems. This phone was a problem. Uh, that, or rather, this phone is an answer to a problem. People needed to communicate. When I was coming up, and you know, some of you are older than I am, and some of you younger, when we wanted to talk to somebody, we had to go to a payphone or go to a landline. And then, of course, uh, the phones grew, and you know, they were they weren't this small then. They were big bag phones way back in the day. But someone solved a problem, and now we have these mobile devices. And I'm sure they're going to get a lot more technical and smaller, you know, as the years go by. But someone solved the problem and wealth came as a result of that. So that's what I want to say to you. You solve a problem and the money will come. You solve problems and the wealth will come. So I'm not sure who I'm talking to tonight. Uh, or, or maybe you're in physical fitness and you know how to work that body out. Let me tell you, there are a lot of people who don't know how to do that and who would love to pay for your skills and talents and your gentle demeanor to help them to get their body in shape, to help them to feel better about themselves. You are an answer to someone else's problem. <laughs> Praise the Lord, and I'm thankful that I know you. So again, don't sell yourself short. If you cannot find a job, that very well may mean, or it very well may mean, that that opportunity is within you. It just needs to come forth. It just needs to come out of you, which is going to take courage. It's going to take courage, but you can do it. You can do it. So find your anointing. Find the gift of God that lies with, within you. Don't let that go into the grave with you. As, they, uh, as many have said, the richest place in the world is not Silicon Valley, it's not um, Dubai, 
know, or Dubai, the richest place is the graveyard. Why? Because so many people have died with their gifts still intact and never used, never used. Uh, I would even go as far to say that maybe the cure for cancer is in, is in one of those graves. Maybe the greatest songs that, we've, that, that man has never heard, has ever heard, maybe some of those songs is in the grave because people were afraid. Maybe, maybe they won't like it or you know, maybe people won't like my voice. It's, no, we have to let go of that fear. I'm telling you that you are an answer to someone else's problem. You, ha you have it on the inside of you. When you are bold and courageous and express that, let me tell you, the wealth will follow. So again, I want you to take courage and confidence in knowing you are and you do have the answer to many problems. We just got to connect the two. And when you step forward, let me tell you, uh, the wealth will follow and you will see the opportunities, okay? All right, I'm not sure who that was for. We were you know, talking about the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, all right, but let's try to get back now. So what are we saying here? This woman had a temporary problem. It was meant to only last a short time, but her body malfunctioned. And a temporary inconvenience became almost a permanent problem. But she came in contact with Jesus, and Jesus solved the problem, right? It took an act of faith for her to touch him. And when that happened... Life, true life began. She got her life back. No more social isolation, no more loneliness. I'm not sure if she was married or not, but now she could be free to, uh, free to be remarried, free to go back among her family and friends. Now she could be free to go back within the church and go to festivals. She got her life back. She got her dignity back. No more saying, no more, no more people saying, oh, there's the unclean woman or there's the defiled woman. No more of that. That whole stigma is off of her life. And now she's no more a social outcast. Now she can rejoin and get her life back and do well. Remember, the Bible says that she lost all of her living. Let's go back and look at that for a second. All right, here it is in verse 43. It says, and the woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living, spent all of her living. In other words, all of her livelihood. Another definition for the word living there is livelihood. So maybe she was a business owner. Uh, maybe she had inherited wealth, but she had to have some money in order to spend that money on physicians. So I believe this woman was wealthy. But this sickness that was within her caused her to go from wealth to poverty. But now that she was free, she was free, I believe, to go back and pursue these things again. Isn't that powerful? Go back to restore her life. All right, her wealth, her position in society, whatever she was doing before, but now that stigma is off and Jesus gave her back her dignity and her life. All right, so let's go back. There are a few things I want, to, I want us to see here uh, tonight. So the Bible says that she came behind him and she touched the hem of his garment. Now, if you do a little study on this, some say that she came behind and touched because she was too afraid to come before Jesus. 
You know, maybe she didn't want to be rejected again. So she came behind him, not knowing his character, not knowing the true nature of Jesus. She didn't want to yeah, risk that rejection. Maybe he would turn me down. I don't know. But she came in behind him. Now, it wasn't because she was a woman, because many other women came to Jesus, you know, and talked to him. Uh, here uh, we can find another case of the woman with the um, not woman with the issue of blood here, but uh, but the at the woman at the well who stood there and talked to him. Also, the Phoenician woman, she talked to Jesus about her daughter that was demon possessed. So it wasn't that she was a woman and, you know, women back in these Bible times, they couldn't talk. You know, that's a bunch of malarkey or, or hooey, or what do you want to call that? But there's another reason why she came in behind and touched. Maybe he would say no. Maybe the people around him wouldn't allow it. But she couldn't take that chance. So she had her faith confession. If I may just touch the hem of his garment, touch the border of his, basically his prayer shawl, I shall be made whole, his connection to God. If I can just do that, it's going to happen for me. You know what? It did happen for her. All right, so let's try to take it right back. We're going to go back to our notes, and I want to show you a few things that happened here as well. So when she came and touched him, let's look at verse number, yeah, let's look at uh, verse number uh, 44. It says, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stenched. It stopped. So she had her faith confession. If I may just touch the border of his clothes, the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. All I have to do is touch him. All I have to do is touch. And I can hear, almost hear her saying, all I have to do is touch him. And then you know what? I'll be out of the way. There's no big deal. All I have to do is just touch him. That's all I want is just a touch. Now listen to her faith. She doesn't say all I have to do is just get a word from him, just, just have Jesus to say something to me. She doesn't even say all I need for him to do is just touch me. No, listen to her faith confession. This woman's faith is powerful. She doesn't say all I have to do is get a word from Jesus. She doesn't say all I, all I have to do is get him to anoint me uh, and rub something on me. No, she says all I have to do is touch him come in contact with him. And not only, she's not only saying, or she's not even saying his skin. Let me touch his skin. Let me touch his person. She's saying, let me touch his clothes. Let me touch something that's connected to him, something that's upon him. So this woman's faith was great, right? Because many other people, uh, i.e. Jairus, right? He said, hey, his faith was Jesus coming to his house and touching his daughter, Right. Uh, even the uh, uh, the the soldier, the centurion soldier said, hey, Lord, all you got to do is just say the word. My servant's going to be made whole is going to be made well. Right. There are several avenues, several avenues or several, several ways that people wanted to connect with Jesus. And they're all all very different. Her in her case, again, she doesn't say, Lord, let me just let me touch your physical person. Let me get a word from you. She doesn't even say, let me stand before him. Let him look at me. No, she comes in behind. She comes in behind and she grabs the hem of his garment, his border, and she's immediately made whole. Listen to her faith. Great faith. 
She has so much faith in the power that rests upon him and the power that rests upon him. Now, there's a big difference now. Big difference. She have she's having faith in the power of the anointing that's upon his life, that she has the ability to connect with the anointing that's on him. She says, if I may but touch. In other words, her faith is to connect with the anointing that is upon him. Now, she's not having so much faith. And we'll see this in the person of Jesus as she has faith in the ability of Jesus. Right. There's a difference. She's not saying, let me go and worship him, even like J.R. did in the very beginning or like Mary did at the tomb of Lazarus. Let me fall down and worship the person of Jesus because I have relationship with Jesus. I see the man. No, she's not even looking in his face. Remember, she comes in behind him. So this is not a relational transaction. She's not saying I'm going to get healed by Jesus because I know Jesus and and he's going to deliver me. No, this has nothing to do with relationship, but a transference of power. Grab a hold of that. A transference of power. She I'm not sure if she ever wants to have a relationship with Jesus or up until that point. All she wanted was the power. She was not looking for a relationship, just the power that was from him. Because remember, the Bible says that when she heard of Jesus, when she heard of him, she said. So she had no prior relationship. She heard about him and she knew that this man had power. She heard that power was upon him and she sought the power, not the person. Now, that's very big. She sought the power, but not the person. So remember that she sought the yeah power, but not the person. Now, that thought, hold that thought right there in your thinking. We're going to come back to that because it comes right back down to that. All right. So, again, verse 44 uh, came behind him and touched the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood stench. It stopped. Look at verse 45. And Jesus said, who touched me? Who touched me? Remember, her confession was all I have to do is touch him and there's a big crowd around him. Everybody's thronging him. There's a lot of people. It's like like walking in a, a, a mall and, you know, or walking in a very crowded space. And there are people everywhere, people everywhere. Right. Uh, let's look at this. He said, who touched me when all denied? Now, you're in a big crowd and everybody say, I didn't touch you. Yeah. A lot of people are touching him. Right. And he said, all denied. Peter and they that were with him said, Master. Come on, Jesus. They said, Master, the multitude throng thee. Everybody's shoulder to shoulder and you're walking down the road. Because remember, everybody's going to Jairus's house. You know, the rule of the synagogue. They want to they want to see this miracle They're They're thronging Jesus left and right. Everybody's close together. Peter said, Master, the multitude throng thee and pressed thee and sayest thou who touched me? Peter's saying, oh, Jesus, what's what's going on? What do you mean? Who who touched you? There's people everywhere who, in other words, who hasn't touched you, Jesus? Who hasn't touched you? But listen, there's a difference between their touch and her touch. Right. Here's another life lesson. People can come in contact with him or many people came in contact with him, but they didn't make a withdrawal from him. They touched his person, but they did not receive from him. 
Her touch was a receiving or a withdrawing touch. And listen, here's another thing, another life lesson. There are a lot of people that can come in contact with the person of Christ, even maybe in church, or they say, well, yeah, I know about Jesus. Uh, I've heard about him and all of that. Yeah, you know, they may touch him by knowledge, but they never received from him. There are a lot of people who go to church every week or have gone to church every once in a while who have seen him in the word, who who have understood the word, but they've never had, they've never made a withdrawal from him. They, they may have been touched by a song, but nothing has ever come out of his person toward them. This woman had a receiving touch, a withdrawing touch. How do we know that? Well, let's look at it in the Bible. It says again, uh, Jesus said, who touched me? And then Peter said, uh, of course, again, um, thou seest a multitude and throng thee and, and says thou who touched me? Look at verse 46. And Jesus said, somebody have touched me. He is insistent. Somebody has touched me. Why? For I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. Virtue is gone out of me. Somebody touched me. Now grab a hold of that. The word virtue is the Greek word, uh, Greek word, uh, dunamis, dunamis. And dunamis is power. It is ability. So, Here's another thing here. This is so powerful. Even though Jesus is in this crowd and Jairus is there and he has his issues, his his daughter is at the point of death and and he's feeling this man and compassion is going out toward him and the disciples around him, they want to see what's going on and all the people around him and a, a whole lot of things are happening right now. And this woman comes behind and touches the hem of his garment And he is still able to discern the level of power within him. He says, for power or virtue or dunamis has gone out of me. He is aware of the level of anointing that's upon his life. He is so conscious of the spirit of God upon his life that he knows when someone has made a withdrawal. He can feel it. Even when all this stuff is around him, he is so very conscious of the presence of the Lord upon him. He knows when someone has made a withdrawal. Who touched me? Someone have uh, touched me because he says, I perceive, I know that virtue has gone out of my life. Look at verse 47. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she couldn't hide in the crowd and among the people. So obviously Jesus stopped and she found out, oh, I'm not hid. She came trembling. She's shaking. Why? She's shaking. She's trembling. Why is she afraid? Because, listen, she didn't come to connect with the person. She came to connect with the power. Now it's like I have received something from you that I didn't ask for. Now it's like I took something from you. Maybe he didn't want me to take it. Maybe she's shaking now because he may ask for it back. I've done something wrong. I've done something wrong. I've gotten something from the Lord that maybe I'm not supposed to have. Maybe now she knows that this issue has stopped. She's been involved or she's felt this for 12 years. 
This woman knows, she knows what's in her body. She knows how her body feels for 12 long years, 12 long, hard, isolating years. This has happened in her body, and now she's touched the hem of his garment. She's touched his power, and now all of a sudden, boom, she knows it has stopped. She knows it has worked. She has received her miracle. Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? <gasps> she couldn't be hid. Now, what does it mean that she couldn't be hid? Grab a hold of that. It says, and when the woman saw that she was not hid or she could not be hidden. What, what does that mean? Right. When she touched, Jesus stopped. She tried to hide. When she saw that she could not be hidden, she, she came trembling. She tried to hide first. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, I hope, I hope I can keep this. You know, he may not know what this really means to me. Oh, and of course, remember, she's not supposed to be out here in the first place because she's unclean. Remember, and anybody that touched her was labeled, could be labeled or was to be labeled unclean. So she's in this space around all these people. She's not supposed to be here. If anything, she was supposed to come out and say, unclean, 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 and give the people notification that she is coming around so they can move around but, or, or move out of the way. But listen, she is fed up with this. Fed up with being unclean. I can feel her heart. I pray that you can feel her heart. Tired of being alone. Tired of being isolated. Tired of, of not being able to give the father the worship, bring her sacrifice into the altar or participate in the festivals. Tired of, tired of not having a relationship because this is, I mean, it's, it's impossible. There's a man and, oh, I love him. Or maybe she had a husband. But now 12 years have passed. She's isolated and, and, you know, all these things. And so she finally hears after going through, going to all the doctors, she spent all of her living. She was wealthy, now is broke, now in poverty and shame, and now she's lonely. Hears of Jesus, comes to Jesus, touches the hem of his garment, and it immediately stops. Oh, the joy, the joy, the joy. I can see the excitement in her face. Oh, it stopped. It's over. It's over. I can have my life back. It's over. It's over. And then Jesus stops and says, who touched me? Oh, I can hear the heartbeat. Boom, 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 boom. Tries to hide among the people. Boom, 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 boom. But she couldn't be hidden. When she knew she couldn't be hidden, she comes and she falls trembling before the Lord. Oh, my goodness. What happens next? Oh, this is so good, isn't it? All right. Let's look at it. All right. She comes trembling. Uh, the Bible says again, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. She makes confession. Now, why didn't Jesus just keep on going? She got a miracle. Why didn't he just keep on going? Big, what's the big deal? Because he wanted her to have faith in him, faith in him, to have relationship with him, and not just receive his power. 
you know, that's a big, big, big difference because Jesus will say, and he said before, there'll be many that will in the last days that will say, Lord, didn't we do this for you? Didn't we cast out devils for you? Didn't we do this and that? And then we, didn't we do uh, many marvelous works for you? We've been working for you, Lord. We've used your power to do great things. And then Jesus will tell them, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. I don't know you. Yes, it's great that this woman got her healing. Yes, but the even greater miracle is now that she's talking to Jesus face to face, face to face, and he is validating her. Glory to God. That's another praise moment. Oh, it's time to drive. Oh, it's time to drive. That's another praise moment. Now she's coming into relationship with Jesus possibly for the first time. And now he's about to validate her from the years of shame and neglect and abuse and criticism and people talking about her. Oh, that's her right there. Oh, that's her right there. From those years of disappointment, going to doctor, to doctor, to doctor, to doctor, seeing her balance in her bank account go down, 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 down. All of that disappointment couldn't get any better. And now Jesus has changed her life in an instant of time. Glory! Woo! You feel like shout? Go ahead and shout. I'll wait. Oh, glory to God. Isn't that awesome? All right, but let's, let's look. Let's get back into the text. Woo, I got to close out. My God. All right, here we go. Let's try to get back in here. It says, uh, and she came and, and she declared it before all the people uh, for what cause she had uh, touched him and how she was healed immediately. Now look at what Jesus says here. Verse 48. And he said unto her, daughter, be of good comfort. Be of good comfort. Now, once you know that the word comfort there means cheer, be of a good cheer, be of good cheer. Thy faith hath made thee whole, go in peace. Now, once someone was healed of a particular uh, ailment or ailment or something, they always had to go before a priest. And the priest would look them over and examine this and, and make sure that they were okay. The priest would give them the, the okay, the, the go ahead, the go in peace. Jesus, the high priest, <laughs> the, the priest of priests, he tells the woman, daughter, hey, you're okay. This thing, basically, this is never going to happen to you again. You are cleared from this. You are good to go. He gives her the all clear, and she could from that moment go back into society. Glory to God, because Jesus, the great priest, the highest priest, has now affirmed her. He says, be of a good cheer, daughter. And look, he calls her daughter. <laughs> he calls her daughter. He doesn't call her misfit or hey, lady. He calls her daughter. Daughter. Can you see a father's hand touching his daughter, touching his child? Daughter. Be of a good cheer. Now, notice, and we know this as we begin to close out. Oh, my God, I'm having such a good time. <laughs> Remember, he calls her daughter. And also, where is he going? Right. He's on the way to heal Jairus's daughter. So these two daughters are about to be healed. This one daughter is already healed. And now they're continuing down the road to Jairus's house to heal the second daughter. Now, that's powerful. This daughter, the word daughter implies relationship. She is a daughter of God. 
a daughter of God. Remember, Jesus came to his own and his own received him not. She is a child of the Lord. She is daughter. Jesus reminds her, first of all, daughter, you're in relationship. You don't have to beg. Oh, Jesus, you don't have to beg. You don't have to beg for a miracle. You have relationship with him. You don't have to crawl. You don't have to try to get it underhanded. You're a daughter of God. You're a daughter. You're a son. You can go before your father and he loves you. I'm telling you, he really loves you right where you are. Oh, the father says, well, the word says that we should come boldly before his throne of grace. And we're going to obtain, obtain favor uh, and mercy and grace and help in the time of need. You don't have to beg. You don't have to crawl. He's your daddy and he loves you. So the first thing Jesus does is refer to her as daughter. Awesome. Whoo, my God, isn't that powerful? He refers you to you as daughter. As you are a born again believer, listen, if you are a born again believer, he refers to you as his child. You are his child, child by birth. Child by birth, how do I mean by birth? Because you've been born again. You've been born of the spirit. And what's the blood? And we're born by blood. The blood of Jesus connects you to the father. You are his legitimate child. You're not illegitimate. You are his legitimate child born into the family of God. Well, if you're not born again tonight, <laughs> I've got some great news to you for you, because tonight you can be born of God. You can be born again. No longer isolated from the things of God, no longer begging and a whining and complaining, but you'll have a heavenly father that loves you and loves you deeply. He loves you deeply. And even before you gave your life to the Lord, he loved you deeply. The Bible declares that God demonstrated his love for you in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loves you. So, I think this is a good, good place to end uh, this week. I cannot wait to pick it up on next week. Oh, so somebody remind me. Make sure you remind me, right? Remind me that we're going to pick up right here with the scene of the woman looking up to Jesus and Jesus telling her daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you whole. And what does that mean? Nothing missing, nothing broken. Not only this this issue in her body, but your whole life has changed. Daughter. Now, how do I know that we are now, you say, well, I wasn't born a Jew. I wasn't born Jewish. I'm not a child of Israel. Uh, how can I be a child of God? Remember the first thing that the Lord told, told the disciples to do when he gave them the model prayer? He told them to pray, our Father, our Father which are in heaven, right? He connects us to Father. Jesus is our connection. Jesus is our connection. And he rose from the grave and told the disciples, hey, I'm going to my Father and your Father. We are connected to God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, let's go back and get to this, and we're going we're gonna to have this prayer. So if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, 
he's here for you right now. As a matter of fact, he's right there with you, right where you white nom nom nom. Lord help me. Right where you are. You know what? He even loves us in our imperfections. You know, this guy. He loves us in our imperfections. You're not gonna get it perfect always, and goodness knows, Lord knows, I don't get it right always. But he loves us. Oh, that's a great thing. And he loves you too. So if you're not in relation with him, let's go ahead and have this prayer together. So just pray with me and just say, Father, I come to you as a sinner in need of a savior. I admit that I have sinned and that I have fallen away from you. But I ask that you would forgive me and that you would wash me clean with the blood of Jesus. I turn from my sins and I turn unto you. Father, I ask you that Jesus would be my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. Make me yours. And I will serve you all the days of my life as you, so, as you show me how. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. From this point on, I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and my Savior. I am eternally yours, and you are eternally mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome! Welcome to the family of God. I'm so glad to know you. Hallelujah! Glory! I can shout, 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 shout and dance, dance, dance all over the place. So, Glory, I'm grateful for you. Welcome into the family of God. Glory to God. Now, if you've made that faith confession and believed in Jesus, well, tell us about it. Tell us about it. Just go to the website at www.kingdomrock.org and uh, click the contact page and just let us know. You can put your first name on there. We're not collecting data and all that stuff, you know, whatever. If you want us to contact you by email, we can do it. Just put it there in the, in the um, contact form and we will do it. Other than that, we will be praying with you. And remember, we love you so much. And this brings us to the end of another Aww. Bible study here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. If you're in the area, come on by and see us. For details, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. Remember, we're here every Wednesday at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time and Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, you can get fresh word from the Lord. I think that is all. Oh, yes. If you're watching by way of YouTube, make sure you make sure you subscribe. If you're listening by way of podcast, subscribe. And, um, you know, so you keep up to date with the next one, next video that comes out. All right. Oh, yes. I forgot all of our Roku watchers. Hi, guys. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we thank you guys so much for your prayers and your financial support because that keeps us a-going, a-going, going, going. The, the gospel is free, but ministry, it costs. So thank you so much for keeping us in this studio. Thank you for your prayers, your financial giving. We love you guys so very much. All right, well, that's it. I'm going to stop rambling now, <laughs> but we will see you again on next week. I can't wait to get into part three of Hope in Desperate Times. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>